صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 اي ام اند باليستاين ريمبرد وذ روبرت مارتن ناصر مشني اند يوسف احمد الريماوي Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Nasser and Robert, good morning. Good morning, Nasser. Good morning, Yusuf. Good morning, boys. Welcome back. It's been yes. a while since the three of us have been together. It's so happening again. We always have fun times. Yes, I'm excited. And uh, today we have um, the escalation in uh, Lebanon uh, against the Palestinian rights there. And also we will talk about uh, what happened uh, 10 days ago in Jerusalem, the demolition of more Palestinian houses. And uh, there is also a controversial statement made by the U.S. peace convoy, and controversial to say the least, Robert. It's horrific when you told me that just before. It's a horrific thing to say, that Israel is actually the, the victim in the, in the whole story. What are we starting with, uh, guys? Well, I think we're going to start with um, the situation for Palestinians in Lebanon. Mm. And we should, you know, just to frame it, uh, in 1948 through to 49 during the Nakba, You know, uh, tens of thousands of Palestinians in the north of Palestine were ethnically cleansed and forced north into Lebanon. Mm. Um, and for, you know, from 1948 through to 1982, you know, um, Lebanon was a very safe place for the Palestinians. In fact, it was um, um, arguably Lebanon was the uh, the center for, for Palestinian... Uh, Revolution. For the national movement there. Mm. Um, and then in 1982, obviously with... Um, The, the dog Ariel Sharon um, invading mm. Lebanon and ultimately culminating in the um, Sabra and Shatila massacres um, and the expulsion of the PLO from Lebanon saw the end of Palestinian uh, presence, uh, presence, but also um, resistance in, as we call them, the... The necklace countries. The necklace countries. Yes, Dual al-Tawq. Yep, this is the mm. word I was looking for. So, yeah. Um, and... One of, one of the concerns of uh, the late Yasser Arafat was, in fact, what would happen to the Palestinians if if he left. Mm. And when we say he, we're talking him, but also uh, the PLO fighters, what would happen to the Palestinians in Lebanon. It didn't take long for him to know. Two weeks after uh, the expulsion of PLO uh, from, Lebanon, from Lebanon in 82, the massacre of Sabra and Shatila happened only two weeks later. And of wow. course, uh, following uh, that, the war of camps, 1984, 1985, 1986, mm -hmm. where the Palestinian refugees paid more blood uh, just because there is no protector. There was no umbrella that or, the, or shield that stops the aggression against them. Yeah. So originally, mm -hmm. about a, just over 100,000 Palestinians made it to Lebanon uh, post-1948. And according to UNRWA, that number is, you know, close to 600,000, the, the descendants. But what that number doesn't take into account is um, refugees who came after 48. So those that came in 52 or 56 yeah. um, and, and, and through uh, Nuxa as well, past 67. So, in fact, the numbers are probably closer to a million. Um, well, this, this is the problem, that we don't have an accurate uh, census 
that really the government in Lebanon is not very keen. I uh, have spoken to the Palestinian Bureau of Statistics in an interview in Arabic where uh, the director said that we made several uh, requests to the Lebanese government in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 Got nothing. to collaborate so that we can make the so we can do the count uh, of how many Palestinians in Lebanon but they were not very keen it it's not that they don't want to no but the 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 priority it, it it is it is not an issue of priority to the Lebanese government well we should one one of the challenges with Lebanon is in fact its constitution as it mandates power amongst different religions mm. and we say that it's a problem it's a problem from the outside looking in um with respect to equality under law and one person one vote and you know representation that is um mm. based on population now Lebanon is um a unique situation mm. where the um the the president is uh, a Christian Maronite Christian has to Maronite. be by by constitution yeah, and the prime minister is a Sunni Sunni and, and the head of the parliament is Shia is Shia and it goes even more to the head of the army yeah and then the, so it's it's a sectarian uh, mix and Palestinians overwhelmingly are Sunni mm. and so the challenge is you know if we start counting them if we give them any level of rights etc then that's going to tip the demographic balance yeah, or or what they say to upset the fragile demographic uh, yeah. equilibrium so since 1948 through to date there has been reams of laws made up that are specific to Palestinians and specifically to deny legitimacy opportunity etc 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 and 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 there um things like um uh, Palestinians are denied the right to work to social security to join Lebanese trade unions um there's regulations Palestinians are subject to foreign worker regulations mm. and one of the the subtle nuances is we'll give our foreign we'll give foreign workers rights as long as Lebanese citizens have reciprocal rights so a Thai worker can have uh, rights within Lebanon predicated on the basis that the Lebanese government has rights in Thailand so Palestinians can have rights in Lebanon if we can have reciprocal rights in Palestine but because we are occupied because we're occupied and we so are, there it. there is no government to give the reciprocity that Palestinians within Lebanon are denied the same rights mm. not only of brother arabs but of non-arabs mm. and what they can have in lebanon mm. if we want to talk about the lebanese regulations and policies that targeted palestinians only there is this controversial uh, legislation uh, passed in 1996 by the lebanese uh, parliament that bans palestinians from owning uh, property yep. up until 96 a palestinian refugee can buy a flat in a building and register this flat under his or her name after 96 it was banned by law so palestinians when they want to buy property they have to register the property under the name of uh, lebanese it's, it's a do. little bit of a risk taking yeah. i mean with That's all respect taking, yeah. with all respect to all lebanese but one of one of the palestinians in lebanon told me we have full faith in our lebanese brothers but we don't know what's going to happen after uh, what if this person dies passes away how How are his children yeah. going mm. to uh, fulfill the promise? Yeah. So there is a little bit of more risks when it comes to Palestinians. And we're talking about those who can afford it. Yeah.
I mean, but it comes back to even even mm. the students. Palestinian students can't attend um, public education facilities, so they have to go to private Palestinian schools. They can't attend, pay taxes, mm. but can't be participating in in, in the schools. Mm. Um, so they can get Palestinians can get degrees, but you know you need to be a member of a Lebanese. Um, uh, Association like the Association of Engineers or unions, yeah. unions, and because you're Palestinian, you can't be part of those unions. So you mm. might have the degree, but because you can't be part of that union, you can't actually get a job. Yeah, uh, and there's you know over twenty professions that Palestinians can't participate in: doctors, oh. engineers. And the, the, so they the can't participate in that at all. No, pharmacy, even 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 oh. something like singers. If you are an artist, you cannot uh, you cannot be called an artist or work as an artist, whether it's visual art or music or any form of art, because you cannot join the union. Has the treatment got worse? Is it getting worse? Well, and it's what, getting worse. I mean, it's got to the point now, you know, if, if a Palestinian guy marries a Lebanese woman, their children are not, not Lebanese. Oh, no, they're not. They're not, she, a woman can't pass on her citizenship to a man. Um, and there's moves afoot now for the a man, a Lebanese man, because my mother was Lebanese. So as soon as she married my dad, her children couldn't be Lebanese. Um, and there's moves now where a Lebanese man marries a Palestinian woman. They want to start, you know, saying, well, mm. th- 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 those kids aren't Lebanese. So to give a bit of context to that, uh, Lebanese women in general who marry non-Lebanese men do not uh, give their children the Lebanese citizenship. But because uh, there has been in Lebanon some progress in civil rights and human rights, so there has been uh, calls uh, to give the the Lebanese citizenship to the children of Lebanese women and to treat them on equal footing like Lebanese men. Uh, And they said, fine, that's fine, but we have to exclude the Palestinians. So uh, if a Lebanese woman married a Jordanian uh, man, then there's no problem, Mm. or an Iraqi, or an Egyptian. But if she is married to a Palestinian refugee of Lebanon, then the law is suspended and the children will not be included. So in in nearly every aspect Mm. of human rights in Lebanon, the Palestinians have their own set of rules and regulations and policies that are only applicable to the Palestinians. Where to for the Palestinians now in Lebanon? Well, the past couple of weeks, perhaps maybe even a month now, we've seen some increased... uh, Mm. Lebanon's got their very own Donald Trump, who's now starting to, um, you know... The great, the great, you know, this is the great lie. You know, Donald Trump has convinced white people, what poor white people in America, he's been able to convince them that the reason they're poor is because of brown people, mm-hmm. not because of richer white people. Yeah, and and so this message, especially if this brown person is a migrant, especially if he's a migrant, you know, Abdul can't speak English. Abdul made his way there, you know, struggled through a fence, stealing you know, your jobs. Can't you know? And he's got maybe you're just shit. You know, Brad. <laughs> Brad, maybe you're <laughs> shit. Um, but so, so this um, uh, electoral spin that Donald Trump's mastered convinced poor white people that the problem with the reason they're poor is because of brown people mm-hmm. or black people, um, and so they voted for him. Not that there's a richer white person sitting up on the train keeping them poor. That level of demagoguery is is working. Mm. So. And it's working, you know, whether it's the rise of, you know, right-wing fascist-style politics in, in Brazil, in Italy, in Hungary, in France, 
in in Britain, you know, Boris Johnson. This guy is an absolute muppet in Greece, um, and it's working in Lebanon. Mm. And so, um, increasingly of late, the ills of Lebanon are getting um, are getting p- passed on because of the Palestinians. We've got a, to a point where we have a Lebanese singer saying, you know, we've got to exterminate these rats, these Palestinians, mm. off to Hitler's ovens. Actually, the, using the, the word, the, using those the words. word in Arabic, Sarbad Afran Hitler, which translates as the time has come for Hitler's uh, chambers. Chambers, yeah. yeah. That's becoming more acceptable to say. On, on Facebook, uh, publicly, Twitter. or Twitter, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, and because and, one of the challenges for the Palestinians, I mean, how long, A, we, they can't increase the size of the camp, so they're building on top of each other. There's no social services or infrastructure. Uh, Donald Trump's defunded uh, UNRWA, so the opportunities for education, for, for health and medicine, you know, social services are diminishing. It's on top of which the Palestinians that made it out of Yarmouk, out of Syria, that have managed to get somewhere that are getting no support from the UN because uh, they're UNRWA registered. They're getting no support from the Lebanese government. And the only place they can go is into Palestinian refugee camps. And, of course, the Palestinians do their best to help out their brothers. I mean, the, the, the pressure cooker that's there to the point where I know Palestinian doctors, you know, trained doctors in Lebanon who work as nurses, mm. take nurse wages because they're not allowed to be doctors in Lebanese hospitals. Mm. They're doing the work of doctors, getting paid as nurses. Um, they're saying, well, we, 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 we need some help. You know? yeah. Help us out. So, with so, so what happened uh, nearly three weeks ago, I think, three weeks, yeah. is the Labour minister, uh, Kamil Abu Salman, issued uh, a regulation uh, a decree decree that uh, it, it's called to regulate workplace yeah. and it requires non-Lebanese who want to work in Lebanon to issue a work permit and that sounds like okay that's fine I understand but to include the Palestinian refugees who were born there and who grew up there in fact second and third generation and fourth generation and fourth generation in, in, into this is the unprecedented move. And the cost. And uh, now the problem is that there are not even e- uh, equal rights foreigners. They are second-class foreigners because mm. other foreigners can own property. But the Palestinians, if you want to treat me as a foreigner, then suspend that other regulations that ban me from Let me owning. join a trade union. Let me join the trade union. Let me, let me buy property. Uh, and, and there's a long list of other things that Palestinians can do that they will be able to do if they are treated on equal footing as other foreigners. But no, there is like this kind of cherry picking, double standard type of treatment mm. that you get the wrong part of the story and not the, the good part of the story. And the Palestinians actually have come to a point where they said enough is enough. Good. It's not going to happen. And they took to street. They're peacefully protesting. They've been peacefully protesting. And they were joined by the good Lebanese who mm-hmm. are not uh, a few in numbers. The majority of the Lebanese population. How many Palestinians fact, are there? Well, we're talking currently, we're talking about at least a quarter of a million, okay. the, but, the, but the stats can, can be up to, like Nasser said, nearly a million. But uh, the ones inside the camps, uh, in fact, in Lebanon, there are 12 refugee camps and there are 12 uh, Palestinian assemblies. So 24 geographical locations where Palestinians live. But the honor war regis- uh, uh, is registered in 12 of them only. Okay. So the biggest of which is Ayn al-Hilwa near Sur, 
and Burj al Barajni and other uh, famous uh, camps. So they took to streets, they're protesting, and they are joined by Lebanese uh, civil uh, movements demanding to exclude the Palestinian refugees of Lebanon from this racist decree. But because the minister wants to convince his constituency that no matter what, he is not going to yield to the pressure by the Palestinians and he will go ahead with this decree. And we're talking about the constituency of the Lebanese forces, the and the constituency of Tayyar al-Watan al-Hur, where the President Michel Aoun and his uh, son-in-law uh, Jubran Basil uh, and the Foreign Minister of Lebanon uh, came from. And unfortunately, these two constituencies uh, suffer greatly from the rise of the far right. So it's convenient to blame the others, whether the Palestinians of Lebanon or the Syrian refugees in Lebanon, for everything that's going wrong in Lebanon. And therefore, the minister, Kamil Abu Salman, does not want to withdraw, and the street is protesting, and I'm afraid we have come to a stagnant point, and God knows what's going to happen next. And I mean, look, exactly as I said before, it's that Trumpian ideology. The problem why your kid doesn't have a job, the reason Mm. that electricity prices are going up, is because of these people. Yeah. It's not because, you know, Hariri and his mates are billionaires. Mm. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, don't look up here, look behind you. you know? or, or it's not because there is a parallel state mm-hmm. that's running uh, Lebanon. Um, I, I am, I'll tell you why I'm worried. Uh, I'm not worried because of the government regulations, because, you know, the governments can have recalculations. But I'm worried because the government is feeding racist discourse. Yeah. Yesterday, the LBC channel which is the Lebanese Broadcasting Channel, uh, started its primetime news bulletin with a two-minute racist rant about Palestinians, Palestinians, reminding them, uh, telling them literally, if you think what happened in 75 Mm -mm. is going to happen again, you are wrong. Basically, the beginning of the civil war. Mm -mm. And if you think uh, you want to create your own mini-state, like Arafat used to say in the 70s, is still valid, you are wrong. This kind of discourse is inflaming the bigots, the racists, it's inflaming the discourse, and it has echoed in, we've seen it on Facebook, we've seen it on Twitter, and now it encouraged mm-hmm. people to say more. It makes it more acceptable. And, and, and you know, one of the most absurd things that was said uh, on that news bulletin was that, why is it that only the Palestinians in Lebanon are protesting when the Palestinians of Jordan are not, the Palestinians of the Gulf are not, the Palestinians of Syria before 2011 were not protesting? I mean, for, for God's sake, give me the same right or half mm. of what they well, half of what they have, half, half what they have, mm. and yep. we'll stop protesting. Yeah, yeah. Treat me like Jordan treats the Palestinians, mm-hmm. or Syria before 20, uh, 2011, or yeah. the Gulf treat the Palestinians, and then and then or Iraq, and then I'll, I'll stop protesting. So racist discourse is endorsed by the institutions now, of course, and this is prime time television, and that's what's scaring me. Well, particularly when we remember. Uh, just how the sectarian divide, if we go back to, you know, 74, 75, 76, mm. through to 82 when the the participation 
of the the um, phalangists, the Kataib, mm. uh, the Maronite Christians. You know, a lot of and uh, we've seen some horrible stuff shared on WhatsApp. Mm. Um, these guys saying, you know, yes, I mean, it, it's it's a call for extermination. I mean, really, if if any person in Australia or Canada or Australia posted something um, like the sort of stuff we've seen about. Um, uh, a call to genocide. It's actually, it's a yeah. call to genocide. It's jailable. Um, it's jailable here. Absolutely. It has to be incriminated, and I think we we have to make the call to try and rationalize the the discussion Mm-mm. and to stop polarization yeah. and stop inflaming this discourse and try to maybe make it illegal to publicly call for killing people <laughs> for, for genocide. The, the, the challenge we've got, Yusuf, the challenge we've got is that as long as Donald Trump is um, rewarded electorally, mm. I mean, his numbers go up when he says things like... Um, when send talking, her back. Send her back. You know, and, he, and you look at that. Chantings. In that, um, in that rally... He's basking in the glow, you know. He's feeding off the warmth, you know. His chest out, walking around, strutting. I mean, the only thing short of he just didn't raise his hand, going mm. zig heil, you know. I mean, yeah. it's it's it is you know fascist. But when he says these things, and I mean, he says we'll send them back. Well, hold on, three of them were born there. They're mm. Americans, yeah, they're Americans, <laughs> you know. And and um, uh, Elan Amar. She's been a citizen of the United States longer than his wife. <laughs> his wife came after. After, so they, yeah, so they're both they're both citizens. Yeah. So uh, also to empower the voices from Lebanon that really calls for harmony and calls for uh, rational discussion. Uh, I'm, I'm going to quote uh, Elias Khoury, a prominent writer, who said, "If the Palestinians were." to blame for the civil war. Why did we continue fighting 10 years after PLO left? Mm. PLO left. And the war continued up until the end of 91. So to wrap up uh, this uh, topic, uh, the Palestinians of Lebanon uh, have had enough. They are fed up with this mistreatment. And uh, they will continue peacefully protesting until the end of this uh, racist decree. And they are joined by the majority of the Lebanese uh, people with whom they lived like brothers and sisters for 71 years. Anyway, I think uh, this is an issue that's worthy of talking. And we will definitely come back uh, with uh, updates in future episodes about the treatment of the Palestinians of Lebanon. But as for now, Robert, we're going to discuss the demolition, which is a common occurrence in Palestine, that Mm. this is one in a community that I spent some time with. Um, I think it was 100 people housed in this particular development. Mm-hmm. It was a building like an apartment block. An apartment block, that's that right. It was demolished, uh, demolished. So, Robert, uh, you went to this uh, place in 2017, I think? I did, and it was one of the areas that uh, we stopped the car, walked around the areas, because mm. I realised that I mean, some of these houses were really quite nice. Some mm. of them were, were not so nice. But it was an area that I was told that these houses will be demolished in the next year or two. Mm. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, they've got roads there. They've got everything there. They're just close to the uh, to the wall. And they were a security threat. And part of what Israel wanted to do was to put the fear of God into them. Mm. Uh, knowing that they would get demolished, it was imminent. And here we go. And I'll probably go back and do the next two buildings. So first they occupied the land. 
then they uh, implanted the uh, settlements and then they created the wall and now they want to protect the wall. Well, so we should be clear, these houses are on the Palestine side of Palestine the wall. Palestine side, mm. they've been there a while too. Yeah. Even though the wall's not supposed to be there and mm. the wall's not where, it, where the border's supposed to be, these houses, and the wall itself is illegal, illegal anyway, and unethical anyway. Uh, these houses were on the r- right side, mm. in better, you know, talking marks. In the Palestinian side. The Palestinian side. Um, and uh, there's about 16 buildings, and, and people that are on Facebook would have seen the, um, the video of the three soldiers jumping up with joy, high-fiving each other when they uh, blew up the building. I mean, you know, living no, no, no. We have, home. We, we, have to, we have to, to, to speak more about that, Nasser. So we're talking about uh, a demolition of uh, a house, and then we're talking about something like the button or whatever uh, remote way of, uh, pres- mm. of, of, of uh, de- demolition. Yeah, yeah. And there's a footage. Or, uh, describe the footage. So there's footage of the three Israeli soldiers. Uh, one of the, uh, two of them are in masks, one isn't. Doing the countdown. Doing the countdown, you know, three. Two, one, boom. And then, you know, in a controlled demolition, you know, doo, 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 you see all mm. the charges going off. And then the collapsing of the entire building. And, and that building housed over 100 people, 16 mm. families. Um, and as, as the building was com- tumbling down and, you know, the, the flashes of the explosions and the dust and, and the, the debris, and breakout, the sound. You, could, you saw the three guys, you know, rejoicing. jumping up and down, rejoicing and high-fiving each other, going, mm. how good are we? Mm. Not real, not not with no compassion as to the destruction they've caused uh, uh, on on human beings that have spent their life savings building by hand homes that they were raising their children in, they were building their um, hopes on uh, the the displacement of their children now mm. where they go, all of the and these properties were were built on the Palestinian side of an illegal wall, well within um, the green line. Um, with authority from so, the Palestinian Authority. So what kind of ideology is this that celebrates other people's pain? Well, they're taught uh, to hate and not acknowledge that the Palestinians are human beings. It's the only way that a, you know, a soldier can sit there and be as proud, because they know they're getting filmed, hmm. but to be proud high-fiving just shows exactly what That's they think evil. of the Palestinians. Absolutely it is. And the other thing is that they don't always get that much notice either. They'll get a bang on the door saying get out. So a lot of their stuff would have been part of the demolition. Yeah. So not only do they lose a home, but they lose all of their prized possessions. There's also, they've got nowhere to go. There's also a famous footage of a Palestinian family trying to stop the opening of the door from inside. Did you see that, Master? In, in East Jerusalem, yeah. In East Jerusalem. So they were, the, 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 the soldiers were trying to break in uh, to basically drag them out of, uh, by force uh, their own uh, flats, and they were trying to block the entrance of soldiers and policemen and somebody was filming from inside the house and to see around 10 people trying to stop the hold door, the door closed. to hold the door I mean, closed. This is, this is the beauty of this wonderful democracy. Number one, the Israeli Supreme Court um, issued a decree saying that it was legal for the Israeli army to go demolish these Palestinian structures in Palestinian in Palestine. land because they were encroaching on the wall and jeopardized the security of the wall. Mm. This same Supreme Court, which theoretically is of a different country, Mm. can then issue a decree and say this uh, family is living in a home that was once owned by Jewish people prior to 1948, and they must now be evicted so that um, descendants of the original family can re-inhabit that property. 
This same Supreme Court, though, won't allow a Palestinian family to reclaim their West Jerusalem home. No. No, no. Palestinian has the right to go to this same Supreme Court yes. that will demolish a house inside Palestine, mm. this same Supreme Court that will give a Palestinian home back to a Jewish settler or to a Jewish settler uh, predicated on um, often phony paperwork uh, and, and false claims and mm. false titles. Mm. Um, the same Supreme Court, although it's now in three different jurisdictions, mm. Israel proper, the occupied East Jerusalem and within uh, the occupied uh, territories in the West Bank, won't allow a petition from a Palestinian with all the documentation necessary to be able to reclaim their land within hmm. 48 Palestine or Israel. So it's only justice for Jews. Justice for Jews. Not, this is the Israeli court. This is two rules for two people. It's called apartheid. What was that area called, the suburb? This it's called Wadi al-Hummus and Sur Bahir. Just to say that our thoughts are with the Yeah, families. Wadi al-Hummus and Sur Bahir, which is uh, one of the areas of uh, rural areas of Jerusalem. Mm. So Israel could have actually built the wall further away, but no, they wanted to go particularly near this village so they could get rid of the houses. Well, it's all part it's all, of all pre-planned. All part of you know um, creating a larger landmass to Greater Jerusalem and to inc- include as much dirt as possible with as little Palestinians, little Palestinians. as possible. Mm. We're going to have to leave the controversial statement by Greenblatt to next week. We have come to the end of the show. Lucky I mentioned it at the beginning. Yes, and, but uh, definitely, we'll definitely talk well, about it. Well, we can talk about left. it next time, but just read the quote. So people the quote is that Israel is the victim in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And that's a great way to end the show. And so who says that? that? Who says that? The U.S. envoy, the U.S. peace envoy, <laughs> Jason peace. Greenblatt. Israel is the victim in the conflict. Yes. So we'll leave you with this. Try and ju- digest On a sour note. <laughs> Try and digest it. Until we meet next uh, week, we'll discuss it further. This is Nasser, Robert, and Yusuf wishing you the best of time and salam. Bye.